Dear Gamecock Baseball, I'm proud of you. I recognize your hard work. You have brought joy to me and joy to my family. It's a big family, one that stretches all across the world, but most of us live within about 285 miles of each other. Many of us got to see you in person this year. The rest, they were with you in spirit. I hope you could feel that. I don't have anything against your peers and competitors. After all, I'm honored so many people enjoy what I have to offer. I'm very thankful for that. But you, you Gamecocks are my pride and joy. I've watched your persistence and admired your tenacity. You never quit. You never gave up. You always believed. And that is what I am all about. This is your time, your moment, but we all share it with you and live it through you. I hate that you have to leave me for this moment. And while I hear Florida is pretty this time of year, they say Omaha is paradise. So like I said, I'm proud of you. We'll be watching. And don't forget to stop back by on your way to paradise or Omaha. Same thing. Sincerely, the state of South Carolina. From the Palmetto State to the Sunshine State, South Carolina baseball tonight at 6 o'clock will be ready to roll in the Super Regionals for the first time in five years, Carolina is back, so is Florida, and one of those representatives of the Southeastern Conference will head to Paradise, or Omaha, however you want to look at it next week. Greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barn Dominium Co., the barndominiumco.com, or the Barndo Co., if you will. To build your dream home, you can do it there. One of the U.S.'s best builders, the most unique homes you've ever seen, as low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or in Tennessee, the barndominiumco.com. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston as well. It is summer, and if you want to get outside and get active and have some fun, uh, you have probably seen it in the spots that are played for electric bikes in our program. Gamecock football had some fun with those suckers at the end of April at the Carolina Rise NIL event at Home Team Barbecue in North Mount Pleasant, and uh, they are super, super fun. If a 300-and-something pounder can go 25 mile an hour, I know we can. Uh, hmm. So make sure that uh, you check out electricbikescharleston.com. JC will be in in just a moment. Uh, he is uh, dealing with a couple of things behind the scene, work-related, but uh, he'll be here. Have no fear. So will Stuart Lake coming up in 10 minutes at about 1120. We'll get Coach Lake in to fuss and discuss Carolina and the Gators down in the swamp. And then we've got Duart, uh, Derek Scott coming up at uh, 1205 as well. He'll call the game, at least two of them this weekend, in Gainesville. And they'll be on the air tonight at 545, 545, if you want to listen to Derek and Tommy, two of the best in the business, Phil. But this is what it's all about. Um, I, did a, I did a hit yesterday uh, with, um, with a college baseball show, and um, 
you know, one of the things I mentioned to them was, I guess, kind of similar to what Coach Kingston has been saying. But in my in my own words, my own personal feeling, Phil, is this is power versus power, and the best team's going to win it. And uh, if if that's South Carolina, uh, then that's South Carolina. If that's Florida, it's Florida. Uh, you might be able to look back on a play or two or a pitch or two here or there and think that you can blame the series, loss, whatever side of this thing you may be on on that. But the reality of it is these are two of the best seven or eight programs in the country. And unfortunately, they don't get to play in Omaha. They have to play in a super regional, so only one can advance. But um, at the end of the day, the, the, whoever wins is going to say we're better, and whoever loses is going to say we had a damn good year, but we just got beat by a better team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is exactly how you draw it up. You don't, you know, if you you want a path to Omaha, uh, you know, and an easy path is nice. That way, you just get there, but you're not tested. I mean, you know, you you're you've run into a situation here where you were probably seated lower, you know, than your baseball team actually reflects in the regionals and yeah. in doing so you knew you were going to end up with some top competition at this level. If you made it past, you've gotten here. And I mean, there's nothing you can say now, but just like you did, I mean, this is good on good, you know, to advance to the next round, Robin. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, I mean, you want a good baseball to watch. Well, we're, we're going to have, we're going to have two or three real good games. I believe this weekend. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I believe that this is a three-game series. I really do. Um, I, I just I don't foresee either either group walking in and walking out after 18 innings played and heading to Omaha. It could happen, certainly, but um, but I, I just don't see that. And, and I totally agree with you, Phil, and, and I think that's been a, a point of emphasis all week that, you know, this, this, this team, had it not gone through the trials and tribulations that it did, would have been a top eight national seed. And and they would not be playing here in the Super Regionals. They would be playing somebody else. And and so it's created a very unique set of circ- circumstances, much like the um, much like the pitching staff, you know, where they have had to take this core group of guys and, and give them different roles at different times. And they, for the most part, all succeeded in those. And now you're in crunch time. You know, it's, it's it. You, you win or you go home. And so Coach Kingston and Coach Lee and Coach Parker and, and Scotty and, and everybody else that has been involved in trying to figure out what's best for this program is doing something that you generally aren't really having to do in June. That's what you do in the regular season. You figure out who goes where and where they're going to be best fit for the postseason if you're a postseason club. Uh, but because of what they've gone through, uh, they, they are in this really unique situation where all of these guys have actually been in all of the same places or opposite places of where their teammates are now. I mean, you're going to get Hicks on the mound tonight, and Hicks was considered to be maybe a closer at some point. Certainly was a long reliever, uh, but he has started, and he's been really dang good in a starting role the last couple of weeks. Now Will Sanders has bumped kind of into that James Hicks role. Let's use him where it's best to use him and maximize his innings and what he can give us off of his right arm. Same thing with Eli. The one that's been really consistent is Jack, Jack Mahoney, who's been in the starting rotation since day one. But where he moved is from Sunday to Saturday. So he's going to get the ball tomorrow, even though that's not officially announced. And we'll see where it goes from there. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's really exciting. And and uh, hat tip to the to the Gators. You know, I, I, I it, yeah, sure, uh, on the surface, you always want to have an easy 
path to the College World Series if you can, or an easier path to the College World Series. But there is something to be said for going through one of the top dogs in college baseball. And um, and going down to Florida, if Carolina can get this series win, they absolutely will have earned it. And, um, and Florida is really, really, really good. And so I, I just can't wait. Of all the series this weekend, certainly being a Gamecock fan, of course, I'm in the TI gear today. Um, that means team issued just for anybody. We used to make fun of people like this, and now I'm doing it myself, which is ridiculous. But, um, you know, you, you, of course, I'm a Carolina fan. But actually, when you look at all of the Super Regionals, no disrespect to anybody, I just look at this one as being the most powerful Super Regional in college baseball. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When you look at it, I was looking at the matchups yesterday. This is this is going to be, I think, for my money, the best one. Uh, I mean, you may, you've got some interesting ones out there. I think you know the Stanford Texas could get fairly interesting. Texas, you know, feeling like they probably need to make a statement uh, since they they often get referred to as one of the top programs in, in college baseball, and they they typically are. Uh, and then. You know, I'm not quite so sure what to make up of the other SEC matchup between LSU and Kentucky. Other than I think, I mean, I just I don't see I don't see Kentucky advancing. But we'll we'll see how that plays out too. I mean, that's the other thing is that I mean this game <laughs> it's the best of, best of three series. You got to win two games. You don't know who's gonna. You don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> no, you don't. Well, and and look to your point. Like so, Kentucky already went to Baton Rouge earlier this year. They did take one down there. LSU won the series, but those are two different styles of play, right? We saw South Carolina and Lexington, Carolina and Florida. Uh, they mirror each other in what they try to do. They're power programs. They want to mash it. They're not going to run a ton. They'll run enough, but they're not going to run a ton. Uh, they're going to play pretty good defense, and they're going to pitch. Uh, and and there's going to be a bunch of guys in a couple of years that are in the big leagues. LSU's got a ton of guys that are going to the big leagues. We know that. Uh, Paul Skeens might be up before the season is over, the big league season. But but that's a different brand of baseball that Kentucky is bringing in there. So you've got power versus, I don't know if you want to call it finesse, on the other side with the Wildcats. Um, by the way, for the game tonight on ESPN2 uh, from uh, Kent, uh, it is Dave Neal and Chris Burke on the call. So luckily – Gamecock fans, I like I said, I'm a Derek guy. I love Derek and Tommy, and um, and we'll certainly be listening to them. But luckily, for those that want to watch tonight, you get two of the best in the business. Dave Neal's been doing this forever. He doesn't age, and he's such a great person, and he's really dang good. And Chris Burke is as good of an analyst as there is out there. Great um, player, too, back in the day. Oh, you talk about stealing bases. I mean, as a guy who could do it. That boy was um, good. That boy's good. Quickly scouting Florida as well. They won. The Gators, of course, dropped that uh, that uh, game in the second round against Texas Tech, but they did win three games in two days, and those scores were eight two seven one and six nothing. So if you can do simple math through twenty seven innings, the final twenty seven innings they had to win to get to this point here, Florida gave up a whopping three runs. That's it. So they really put it together on the mound, and uh, we know what the rest of that lineup looks like with Caglione and Langford and so on and so forth. But uh, since 2000, Carolina leads this overall series 40-38. to 38. They lead the overall series all-time 54-51. to 51. And in the postseason, the Gamecocks own a 3-0 and record with all of those wins coming in Omaha. Uh, so, and I've never played in 
these Super Regionals against each other. South Carolina, by the way, just an unbelievable postseason record. This is why they're one of the best programs to ever grace the sport of college baseball. 140 and 71 in the NCAA tournament. That is marvelous when you stop and think about it with a 67% winning percentage when they get past the regular season. So Carolina is going to be ready to go tonight, JC. And um, I know Mm -hmm. Coach Light's going to fill us up with a bunch of stuff here in just a couple of minutes, but I've been waiting for a, we've been waiting a while to see South Carolina with Omaha back on the line. Absolutely. And I'm I'm fired up about it today. Just uh, sorry. I'm late. I had a conversation that I could not uh, get out of. Uh, In fact, Jamie and Phil were texting me about 30 minutes before I was supposed to do some uh, production work. I was about ready to do it. My phone rang, and uh, let's just say I had a very interesting conversation <laughs> uh, just now. But I, I can't get into any details. But uh, it was inter- I had to, that was just one I had to take. Um, did want to mention Josh, uh, my buddy Quadcock, uh, one of the best teachers in Spartanburg County, and his kids listen to our show. So you know how I feel whenever I do a dirty joke or get say something risque. I think of him, and I feel like I smack myself in the face. He's like his son Cam. That's a good name. It's a good name. It's a powerful name. It's my brother's name. Uh, has a question. How does the college football world, how does the college world series playoff work? Once you get Omaha, it's basically two, four team regionals on either side of the bracket, double elimination. And then you go, and it's like, then when you get to the finals, the championship, it's like the supers. It's a best of three series. Correct. I said that correctly. Right. It used Absolutely. to not be that way. It used to be like one eight team tournament that was weird and, then well, you ended up getting one game for the championship, and then one which game. was crazy. You played a whole year worth of series, and then you get to the championship game in college baseball. It never made any sense. No. Yeah. All right. So, Coach O, Nano Sports. Anyway, Chris, uh, Chris, man, just from Nano Sports in the chat box. He's going to be at Morgan Ellie's on Forest Drive today. He's a sponsor, so I feel like I got to get this in. All right. Uh, bottles on Fort Jackson Boulevard tomorrow from two to six. Uh, working with a beverage supplier, sampling smoked meats with a heavy smoked scotch. So come on by. So if you're out on Forest Drive or Fort Jackson Boulevard, that end of town, the the uh, Forest Acres-ish <laughs> side of Columbia, uh, go see Craig at Morganelli's today um, or Bottles on Fort Jackson Boulevard tomorrow from 2 to 6. Uh, and be sure to tell him that you heard about him and are on the show and uh, do the Coach O voice for Nana's Porch with a bit of Jesus. Oh, go good. Uh, BRC, the brain check packages. Talked to my brother this morning. He's sending them out. So it's kind of driving me crazy. A lot of people have asked about them. Uh, they should be out this weekend or, or maybe even some have already gone out uh, today. Uh, Joey asked me what sport it involved in. The, 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 the conversation was, let's just say a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, um, can't can't say anything about that. Yeah. Can't say anything about it though. But, Way to go, uh, you, you you tease something. Yeah, and, then, you can't and, say and then Mark out in Vegas always says morning from Vegas. <laughs> it makes me want to go. I'm just probably going to do the the wedding out there. I'm still I'm still I'm still working her. I'm, I've almost got her worked yeah. uh, ground down for a Vegas wedding. Uh, and then um, Dave Neal. Yeah, you, you know uh, one interesting thing about Dave Neal. He called the Eric Kimry touchdown. Yeah, he so, sure did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with, uh, Dave, with Dave Neal. Baker, as a matter of fact. Uh, Are you? The two days. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. You know. Uh, Dave's been around Sometimes it's frustrating really when Dave Neal comes to town because sometimes it's a noon game and Carolina's not playing all that well. 
and he yeah. gets excited about the other team. But I, I agree, he's one of the best in the business. And well, I was gonna say we should we should try to have him on sometime. I think sure. I think Mike Morgan could probably put us in touch with old Dave Neal and probably. Uh, get us a, get us an interview. So um, yeah. All right. It is 1120. Uh, Cam, I saw your question a little bit ago about the bid process. I tell you what, we got to step aside. When we return, Stuart Lake will join us. He knows all about the bid process in college baseball. So we'll quickly let him help us answer that for you before we get into the, into the matchup tonight and throughout the weekend between Florida and Carolina. Uh, but, um, we'll step aside. Coach Lake's been waiting patiently for about 15 minutes. So we'll bring him in right here. On Inside the Gamecocks, the show painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock-owned. Gamecock-operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's that, Gamecocks? Dear Gamecock Baseball, I'm proud
setting up to be a good one tonight in Gainesville, Florida. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. To the beach we go. That's where you find Coach yeah. Stuart Lake, who's been down there tanning and eating all kinds of good food, maybe sipping on a water or sweet tea or something or something else. <laughs> but I know what he's going to be doing at 6 o'clock, actually 5.45 tonight, uh, tuning in to Derek and Tommy to get you ready for Carolina baseball. Coach, thank you for making time. I know you're spending all of it with your family this week following your son's graduation last week. Once again, congratulations to him. And uh, But uh, really, really do appreciate you not forgetting about us on Super Regional Weekend. Well, I appreciate it. And I got the all the noise of a house full of people, so hopefully we can clean it up good. But are y'all hearing me good? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is yeah, just like talking to JC on a daily basis. His dog's always barking up his rear end, and he's got trash guys out the window all the time and some Mexican group that cuts his grass. It's all good. So, They're not uh, Mexican. Yeah. Their last name's Sanchez. Well, that They're, would uh, be – they could be Argentinian. Well, they could well, okay. be. I felt bad when I saw JC come on. I know we had a clean shaven rule for this week. So hopefully <laughs> oh. the top half here, I feel like I, I haven't had once, one. So. Once you were all, once we got done with you last week, before, before we started pre-gaming, I, I told my fiance, it's like, I'm going to shave because here's the thing, Stuart. I came to town for the Carolina Rise events. That's the last time I'd shaved. I mean, it was full. I grew it back out full. And I was like, you know, all this crap started when I came to town, the Auburn <laughs> series. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it upright. And I'm going to, I'm going you know, so that's my yeah. thing. But uh, I, uh, I also wore a UNLV hat or visor uh, all week last week. And then this week, but I lost it before the show the other day. And so I'm like, huh, so I'm wearing this one. But, uh, I, I have, I, baseball's a superstition. This is the one sport I'm superstitious about, you know, so yeah. it's probably because I don't, I, I, I believe things like you run out of runs and oh, yeah, things yeah. like that. So, <laughs> you know, and I'm a White Sox fan, which, by the way, they won four in a row. And they beat five. Five. Y'all, they y'all swept talk, the Tigers and beat the Yankees. So. Y'all want to talk about the big leagues? How about those Atlanta Braves, huh? How about yeah, did you guys listen minutes. last night? Were y'all able to watch that telecast with the Chipper thing? Chipper and Tom yeah. Glavin and Smoltz. <laughs> mm. That was that was cool. I you know it it made me think when I saw that coach. You know, there's a lot of uh, I've thought about this a lot. If I could be boxed into a room with certain people and just listen, I, I wouldn't want to say a word just to listen. Could you imagine being in a room with Frenchie, Chipper, Smoltz, and Glavin? Did you just let no. them talk. I wouldn't yeah. care what they're talking about, just to listen to them. Well, um, just last night, I mean, you just felt like you were back in the dugout, really. I mean, the way they were laughing and obviously yeah. busting on each other at every turn. So I, I'm up for having that on more to, to tune in and watch those games. I mean, you, you kind of – you already did that a little bit this year. You you and Coach Tanner, and um, yeah. wasn't there a game where you and – it was you and Kip? Yeah, yeah. we had the game, me and Kip. So and uh, well, now we got to get Drew up there. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, just keep it going because Drew's good. Very good, very good. Like as a player, he kind of deeks you a little bit. You don't think he's prepping, and then he comes in. There and <laughs> goes. So that, that was always Drew Meyer for you. He knew what he needed to do. He oh, just boy. sometimes didn't let you know that he did. Drew is uh, first of all, he is one of the neatest, coolest, best, kindest people on the on planet Earth, but. You talk baseball with him, and you quickly learn how much you don't know because uh, he sees it. He's like smoke. You know, these guys, they see it, and 
they, that's all they have to do is see it. And then they understand everything that's going. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Hey, Coach, uh, real quick, um, we've had this. Uh, I, I could answer it, but it'll just be much better coming from you uh, because you've been through it. The bid process. Can you can you explain that a little bit for some of our listeners? A lot of folks have been asking, especially since the Tennessee Southern Miss thing, and Tennessee's been upset about it all week. Yeah, and, you know, it obviously it changes every year. Basically, going into your regional bid, you also bid for a super regional, tell what hotels, you know, just everything that you have in line. So if all the details were probably ever given to us, I'm sure Tennessee maybe didn't check off one of those boxes early on. I don't think the NCAA had it out for Tennessee and let's help Southern Miss in that regard. But once you put in your bid, it's then hard to go back after you say it won that regional. Oh, never mind. We can provide the hotels. We can provide because the NCAA wants to have this done and go on. I remember one year we were at Ole Miss. Texas came to our place for a super regional. Well, Coach Garrido didn't think the hotels were good enough. So they ended up driving. I think they stayed in Memphis because he didn't think the hotels were luxurious enough in Oxford. He may have been right on that one but that i just remember but the ncaa said no they had met what re- we required they're the higher seed and you come on so it, it's a it's all still making sure financially the ticket sales and the things are in order that's why the kentucky regional was so confusing to me last week i'm really surprised that it yeah. did come off the way it did with them not having hotels and, and different things in order but again we all kind of joke but when you're one of your best friends is the head of the committee. I guess it helps. And in that sense, don't forget, John Cohen was a Kentucky guy for a long time. So, yeah. you know, he, he, that kind of helped. Yeah, it did. Uh, I think it did, uh, certainly. Well, Kentucky's – they might get what's coming to them this weekend. We'll see. Uh, yeah. They've already been down there. But series we're focused on is in Gainesville. And, uh, Coach, I you know, I look, I, I heard Chris Burke last weekend – Obviously, Coach Kingston heard it because he regurgitated it this week. Uh, he did it on on our program, and and then he did it again, meeting with the media at Founders. And I, I think both these guys are right. I mean, these are two teams that that are Omaha type teams. They probably both deserve to be there, but that's not going to happen. Only one of them can go. Um, so the way that I've looked at this, you know, there's really no backhanded backdoor something you're not seeing on paper type conversation to have. I just think the best team's going to win. And at the end of it, the other guy's going to have to tip his cap and move on. How do you see it? Well, you know, it's funny J.C.'s talking with Auburn, but don't forget the weekend before was in Florida, and we just kind of – the sweep had happened, and you showed it at the end of the highlights, you know, Beach counting the three and yeah. and the ball getting thrown in the stands. And I'm going to be honest with you, as a baseball guy at that moment, I went, oh, geez, I don't know. mess with baseball guys. <laughs> don't, don't ever – and I know it's from the way I was raised in this game is never, ever – give anybody anything they can talk about. So if I'm Florida, I'm running that little skit is on my video, just running, running. Now here's the the deal though. None of that matters in baseball because you can be as fired up as you want, come out of the tunnel on fire. The guy on the mound is going to determine the game. So what I think we really need to look at this weekend is again, almost a reshuffling, as you said in the earlier part of the show, of the pitching staff. I mean, if, if I would have sat here with y'all in March and said, okay, Will Sanders is going to be in the bullpen, Hicks is going to be the first, you know, the Friday night starter, we'd all looked at each other and went, eh, I don't know about that. So <laughs> it's again, but that could play to an advantage for South Carolina because 
you're going back in florida can't just say hey it's the same guys we saw you know we did well it's it's really almost a totally new team in a sense the way you feel about the pitching staff it's okay so you you led us right into it you must have done this before you're pretty good at it um i i think that you know from a pitching standpoint with hicks tonight i was on a show yesterday and they they asked me about this and kind of he kind of looked at me funny when i gave him an answer whoever's behind the plate tonight is going to be really important in my mind coach yes. because if hicks can get that kneecap strike he's going and he and he's if he's on first of all he's going to be yeah. on but but if he is, and he has been of late, and he can get that kneecap strike against this type program that likes to hit it out of the yard, he could have a really good day in Gainesville. If they're not giving it to him, that worries me a little bit. Oh, I, I, I'm sitting here listening to y'all almost text Kent to just see who are the umpires because <laughs> there's no doubt. As we watch, we talk about that Braves game last night. The umpires, they're part of the game. They're not a negative or positive unless you want them to be. They're part of the game. So – Whoever has this game tonight, I know the other big part tonight, and this is where it could be in South Carolina's favor, you might get four innings in and have weather to deal with again. As you kind of look at the weather report, and it's Florida, and it's June, you know there's going to be thunderstorms at at some point in this. So I I feel that that could weigh a little more in the South Carolina's favor because of who you do still have if you got into one of those, hey, game halted for a couple hours or whatever, but I'm with you. If Hicks is getting pitchers call strikes and forces those Florida hitters to have to swing at those instead of being able to take it for a ball, it can be a different type game for sure. Brandon Sproke gets it for the Gators. He's 7-3 and three with a 4.7 ERA. Um, their pitching staff last weekend after they dropped that game against Tech was spectacular. They gave up three runs over their next 27 innings. But um, – you know, everybody in this rotation is going to be in the big leagues for Florida. Sproat's Spro- going, Waldrop's going, Cagalone's going, and who knows what he'll do in the big leagues, but he can pretty much do anything he wants. Um, but their their issue, Coach, uh, at least earlier in the year, they had a couple. One, their bullpen wasn't generally what you what you expect out of out of a Florida pen, and then the other was uh, they 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 I think personally. Uh, speaking of umpiring, that really affected them because O'Sullivan is so good. I mean, he signs the best guys in the country. He teaches them how to pitch. He teaches catchers how to catch, teaches them how to nibble and how to expand that zone, and I, and they weren't getting it. And um, so they walked a lot of guys. And, of course, that really played into Carolina's favor back at Founders when they walked 24 times, I think, in three games. And so, you know, you, you talk about umpiring and, and we talk about Hicks. But now the other side of this thing here is everything Hicks throws moves, 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 moves. If he's getting the bottom half, bottom half of the zone, that's awesome. For Florida, you know, if these guys aren't getting maybe an inch or two off the plate, that could be a little bit of an issue for them. If they are, that's an issue for Carolina because they don't like to expand the zone. They will take call third strikes, unfortunately, sometimes. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt. That That's the it, – it's amazing when you look at the home runs – for both teams, but when you really think about South Carolina's offense, when it gets going, just like last Friday night, walked, hit by pitches, those type, that's what's triggered this offense. So it's really hard to think you're going to get three, four, maybe five hits in an inning. That's really hard to do. But if you can get two hit or two walks and a hit by pitch, you might can get two or three hits. I just see, you know, it's going to be odd for me too. That's why I look forward to watching it. Florida's never really been known for an overwhelming environment like Founders Park. You know, when we used to go into the old stadium, it was so hot 
because they had no shade. It was never built for fans. You never felt intimidated by the stadium. You were just intimidated because that team in the dugout was so dang good. But this new Florida stadium, it, you can see it from TV. It's a lot more SEC-type environment. So it's going to be interesting to me how do their fans come out tonight and create an environment because just like we saw last weekend, I don't know who would have came in here last weekend and beat South Carolina, to be honest. With that environment, with just the intensity of it, I don't think anyone really was going to come in there last weekend. So I'm excited to see how does Florida do they respond tonight? Because if not, the beauty of it is you've played this team, just like we went to Arkansas in 18. So you're not worried about them in that sense. You know them. So it's no unknown player-wise. It's like there's just a lot to do in Florida during the summer. Students are out. uh, You're close to Jacksonville, Tampa, amusement parks, Gatorland. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it, it's all. It seemed a little laissez-faire to me on TV last. Rather go to Cherokee and go to Santa Land. Yeah, yeah but it's uh, and of course they're know. just getting off work. There's a, so, hey, there's a know, lot of math that both of might be a bit work. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're going to drive up 75 and fight all that construction. I mean, I don't know, man. It's different. That, that campus is. It's a different campus. It's a small town. I mean, it's it's Gainesville's not. Gainesville's about the size of Greer. You know, so it's not it's not a very yeah. big town. What did you think? Uh, it's funny you mentioned that uh, getting them going with the hit by pitches and the walks. What did you think about early against Campbell? All those little dribblers that they were beating out and stuff, and uh, and pushing runs across that way. That seemed to kind of lead to the bats waking up a little bit later uh, from where I stood. Yeah, you just start to feel whatever side you're on in that. If you're the one getting the dribblers or the little you know balls of fall, you start to feel okay, this is our day, this might be our day, so that confidence builds. When you're the other team, and we've been on both sides of you, go, oh, geez, this ain't our day. This is their day. But the key to South Carolina is just getting guys on base. When they get guys on base because they are can swing it, you tend to get better pitches to get to hit, and that's the key. When they don't have runners on, they strike out a lot, and we've seen that because they'll chase. But when you get runners on – Pitchers tend not to throw those same kind of pitches that you can chase a lot. So if you're South Carolina tonight, you want to have a couple of those dribblers go early for you to get it going. How about uh, Will McGillis last week and be back in the lineup? Uh, evaluate his impact. I just I don't even know how to measure it. I mean, just to see. I know him as a person, so he just brings a really mature person to your lineup and to your dugout. But then offensively, we all saw how good he is. And and it appeared to be very healthy (laughs) from last weekend. So I'm assuming he'll be back in that leadoff role. Sometimes with our lineup, it changes. But I'm assuming he'd be back in that top spot. And when you start talking about him, I mean, you got immediate power in the leadoff with him and a guy that's on base percentage. But I I thought, obviously, McGillis hitting and Wimmert short was the key last weekend to feeling like, wow, this team's got a chance. Uh, to your point, by the way, Coach, with runners on, Carolina is basically hitting 300 on the season, 298 uh, versus 253 with nobody on base, 362 with the bases loaded, and 408 in the leadoff, uh, leading off whatever inning. Uh, so that's that's always a good sign for, for yeah. Carolina. Yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, we uh, – gosh, who did we – who were we talking to earlier this week? Somebody. I think it might have been – maybe it was Whittle or 
No, it was, maybe it was Coach King. I don't one one of those guys. You know, just mentioned the fact that um, it just in addition to what he does up there, uh, the like Coach Kingston described it as just getting your car washed. You just feel better, you know. You 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 wash your car, you come out, and you're like, man, thing looks nice. I feel I feel good. I don't feel like I'm driving around in a dirty looking car anymore. But but also the depth of that lineup. Now you've got. I mean, you look three weeks ago, and there were two guys. These are optics. I get it, but two guys in the lineup that were over 300 because of different injuries here and there. Now you got, I think, five. And you know, some guys have kind of climbed their way back up there, but it all goes hand in hand and helping each other produce. And and so you just feel like you're you have so many more opportunities to drive in runs, coach. And when that lineup flips over, and all of a sudden you got a guy or two on base, and there's Will McGillis standing there. The best thing I saw last weekend offensively, this might sound crazy, especially with Petri hitting that ball that hit that knocked the airplane out of – I don't know if you saw a little airplane fall out of the sky. But um, McGillis's first A-B that he drove that thing to right center, I mean, that was like the biggest sigh of relief you could probably take in the last two months. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But you, what happens, too, when you get Will McGillis back in the lineup and you got Braylon Wimmer, you got 22-year-old guys hitting at top of your lineup. You know, these aren't younger guys. And I know we've got some young guys. Obviously, Patriots, Ethan's been incredible, so I'm not talking about being young. But, boy, when you can put those old guys up at the top of your lineup and be in the heart of your lineup like they've been able to do, it's a – the offense last weekend compared to what was on the field the SEC tournament, man, there's no – not even a comparison. You could put those two together. As you said, the batting averages, but – I just think now you kind of let other guys fall back into roles that fit them better. You know, you kind of forget when, you know, Costas is coming to play. Holy cow, he's hitting here. So I just think the lineup flows a lot better when you have those guys in it. By the way, is there an added importance of taking this first game? I mean, you know, it's just a, you know, series two or three, you got to win, but how important is number one? Well, I can tell you this. This I got to coach in six super regions. And this is the part I don't like. I only was able to win one. So, I mean, we had a lot of opportunities. But if you lose game one for the next 48 hours, your stomach's hurting because you know your season's really, really close to being over. Winning the first one doesn't mean you're just happy and go depart the next day and don't care. But you know you're not in that do-or-die situation yet. So, I, I think it's very important in that sense to just better breathe tomorrow and not feel, oh, my gosh, the world's ending and we got to do something. But it, it is. It's, that's If that makes sense, that's the difference. It just sets the tone. You know, y'all remember a few years ago, go to Arkansas and they beat us handily game one. And then we came back and won game two. Now, obviously, they won game three. But if you can win game one, just allows you to breathe and it allows you a little bit to set your bullpen up maybe even different tomorrow if you feel like okay we don't have to shoot all our bullets in game two because we know we're playing in a game three so yeah it's a lot of importance to it yeah good that hit my follow-up too i was like does it change your your strategy for two and three you know from a pitching perspective yeah yeah so yeah i guess it would Mm -hmm. And, well, and no doubt, and I mentioned it too, you know, I talked to Coach Tanner yesterday because he's trying to travel a day, the weather. They're going to get this thing finished up. You know, on Monday, heck, we had to play Texas years ago. Again, I was at Ole Miss, a doubleheader. 
because mm-hmm. the NCAA said, hey, we've got to have it done, you know, on Monday. So we played a double header to get both game one and two in on Sunday, then played game three on Monday. So, yeah, that if you can get through tonight, maybe no blemishes with weather. Who knows what tomorrow holds like? If y'all look, I, I got them on weather, Bug, as I was, you know, yeah. picking y'all up. It's 70% at times. That's yeah. that's a pretty good chance you're going to have lightning in the area. Yeah. Well, the, 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 Florida, the, the latest – the latest is three or four o'clock, and then after that, you know, six o'clock showing not, about a twenty percent chance of rain. But you know, so you just don't know. You just don't know, Coach. Look, no, fellas, just, fellas, I've been to Disney so many times. But you know, <laughs> yeah, you I know, know we, that, we, that afternoon shower comes through, and it looks like the apocalypse is coming. Yeah, and then yeah, it ends, we, you know it blows on over, just like Myrtle Beach, places like no, that. I mean, I, I like here, and I, but I don't have weather bugs. I have another weather app that's not it's about about worth uh you know uh, Clemson's ability to win a, a, a regional these days. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> how about that? No offense to Monty Lee. I, I, I yeah. just thought about that, man. No, no offense to your paying list. Oh, I, I forgot who the coach was there last year, but uh, anyway, that's okay. Monty would laugh. He's all right. Yeah. He's fine. He's in yeah. a super back where he wants to be. He's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, Coach, okay, so lumping all of that in, there's one big name out there named Will Sanders. And if weather affects tonight, let's say I mean, we're playing a game here. This is all hypothetical. Uh, we're going to sit here and talk about it, and then they're going to play nine straight. Derek Scott, by the way, coming up at 12.05. I know he would like to see them not be interrupted tonight calling it. Um, but let's say they get interrupted. Now, now you got a guy named Will Sanders who, you know, if the game is, you know, if you're in the balance, if it's a close game, you got the lead, you're down a run or two or something like that. I mean, that's kind of an easy fix, isn't it? You just plug him right in. Well, you feel like it is. That's why I said I feel like just based on starters, you probably have to tip your hand to Florida. Just straight up who they've kind of announced or who we think is going to be. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about depth of guys and just unique depth, I mean, how many times in your season do you have a Will Sanders in the wings? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's just not normal. Never. You know, I had a bunch yeah. of scouts calling me this week because they were caught off guard that he threw last weekend. So they had gone to other regionals and because they just weren't sure he was even going to throw again the rest of the year. And then he threw well. So they're kind of scampering around to, you know, get down to Gainesville or make sure they've got a scout in Gainesville and, you know, everybody wants the inside, so it's like, hey, what role is he going to be in? Hey, what game do you think he'll throw in? And I was very honest. I said, I have no idea, <laughs> they but don't I don't know. think anybody has an idea. I think he's TBA for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if that availability is needed. So I think mm-hmm. he could be a huge – when we talked next week, I think he could have been the guy that was a difference for the staff. I, I'm sorry. I, you know, maybe maybe it's the, maybe it's Oakland. Maybe you're talking about the athletics. Is there really a team in the country with these two programs going at it in Gainesville that wasn't planning on having a scout there? The whole freaking lineup on both sides is going to be in the big leagues one day. Well, you got to realize, too, sometimes now the pro guys have already turned their stuff in. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, they're now going to see if – so if JC liked the guy, they'll send me there. And if I like the guy, that they're now just putting eyes – different eyes on people to see where they fall in when you're talking about these elite guys so it was just one of those that 
maybe they were sending a guy in to focus on something else. And now they're like, Oh, we might need somebody else there with him to kind of see something here. So, but you're right. There's only eight of them going on. So they got a good chance they can, can be covering them. But this will, that a lot of them Florida guys now, it ain't about where they're going. It's how much are we going to pay them when that time comes, cool. you know? And as the scout was telling me now, NIL is throwing a huge curve in that scouting world because are they going to leave? You know, are they going to? And as I was telling them, it's going to be hard to get some of these SEC programs, you know, sure. for what the unknown is, unless you're an elite guy. Obviously, you go in the first couple of rounds, you're going. But otherwise, I think you're going to start to see this league be a really old league for the next couple of years because NIL, you can keep guys. And you can – that we're going to be an 18th rounder or – you know, a free agent. Now you just get them back to school and you got a 23-year-old playing instead of a 19-year-old. Now, there are a couple of guys on the Carolina they roster right now. I know for a fact. Yeah, but, we know you, you know. know. <laughs> I yeah. Know, I know. I, I have knowledge of these things. <laughs> that's right. But, yeah, and, and look, that's going to continue to happen. At South, South yeah. Carolina's not – I mean, they, they don't have LSU money to spend on baseball, probably not Tennessee, but they – South Carolina's doing okay in that department. So, yeah, uh, I'm actually thanks like to I said, Carolina I, Rise. I'm more of a I'm a football. I could tell you about football recruiting all day long, basketball to a certain extent as well. Uh, but I, the one I love to follow more than anything these days is baseball because it's fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, figuring out all the contracts and where is he going and stuff like that. And I just yeah. like seeing the kids get full scholarships and get their you know because of the, the the lack of money that they have just for playing, you know, it, it gives me a lot of uh, gratification to see anybody at any school uh, get taken care of. So, yeah, me too. Coach, we'll, we're going to let you run and, uh, and go spend time with your family, but uh, a, a lighthearted softball to end it here this weekend, super regionals. Um, you know, it's the first time Carolina of course has been back in them since 2018, you know, all about that. Uh, at Arkansas, once again on the road in the SEC. But just this sport, I love this sport. I love baseball. Um, and, you know, we, we've talked about Coach Cribb around here before. Johnny told me one time when I was a little kid, told everybody, he said, you gotta, you got to find a way to give back to the game one day. You don't know what role that's going to be in, you know, but you got to give back to the game. And um, so we do our best around here to give back to it. You've been doing that your your whole life. How do you describe college baseball this time of year, man? I mean, it's it's it really to me it's one word. It's magical. Yeah, you know, I just I always joke, and y'all are like me. Remember the old NFL films, and you, I think it was Bill Parcells said that time. That's why you lift all these weights. That's why you do all these. I would always bring that up, and I would always try to find that clip to say, just think of what all you've gone through to get to this weekend. This weekend, enjoy it. Here I am. I can still remember vividly the first one I ever was in, 2000. You don't forget them as a player. And the key this weekend is don't worry about the name on the back at all this weekend because nobody's going to remember your stats. Nobody's going to ever remember what you did really. And they're going to remember what your team did. And that was something that I've heard from Coach Tanner. I heard it from Coach Bianco all the way through. They don't bring back second-place teams, you know, for the football games, you know, to run out on homecoming. This is your opportunity to have a reunion the rest of your life 
if you take care of business and you get known as a World Series team, you will come back and you will get together when you're 40 years old and tell everybody how great you were. Take advantage of it. You just don't get these opportunities. You just don't get them. So I just hope this weekend for Gamecocks, they go down realizing, yeah, like y'all said, somebody's going to lose this weekend and go, well, the better team won or the team that played the best or whatever. Put yourself in position to be that team, and that's all you can do. Well, Coach, I sure as heck hope we get to keep you around for another couple of weeks. That means we're talking about what's going on in Omaha. Absolutely. If if Carolina could advance, he'll get an ACC team in their first-round matchup, either Virginia or Duke. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Once again, congratulations to your son and to your family on his graduation uh, last week. And, um, and sure as heck, hope you enjoy 18 or 27 innings of Gamecock baseball over the next couple of days. Samuel, thank you for having me and look forward to talking next week. Oh, always. Thank you, Coach. Thank really you, do appreciate it. One of the best no. out there, Stuart Lake, joining us from – oh, well, never mind. I'm not going to say where he is, but he's, a, he's at the beat. At points unknown. I just realized something. <laughs> yeah. If you look over my shoulder below my picture of me and Snoop Dogg, uh, first, on one side of it below me is a picture of me and my lovely grandmother who turned 90 this past year. So, All right. Happy, happy birthday, birthday Grams. But then yeah. look at that other picture. That's me and Jackie Bradley Jr. and Scott Wingo before the Florida football game in 2013. <laughs> you and just usually, noticed that? I usually don't have, like, I mean, my head is usually, like, right here, you know. But today it's, like, over here. And I was like, huh, yeah, I got to put that up. So that's – uh. Here, we'll Maybe take a picture another. of it and text it to Scotty. I'm sure he'd, he'll he'll like that. Yeah, maybe that's an omen. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff from Coach Lake, by the way. He's one of the best, and uh, and just a unbelievable honor to have him on every week oh, on our yeah. program. We we I know we need to hit a timeout because we, we need to take it early because we've got Derek coming up at twelve oh five, and we want to maximize our time with him. And I think we have to double up. So we'll do that. Before we go, though, let me remind everybody, this is South Carolina's 14th regional appearance. That is the third most in the history of the sport. They're also third all-time in wins uh, in uh, in Super Regionals as well. And uh, so they can only help that this weekend. One other note to point out, dating back to last season, South Carolina being the road team, only two hosts last weekend one or last year won in a super regional. Six road teams went to their opponents and went to Omaha. Uh, so South Carolina is trying to be one of those programs that does it again this year. Florida also has not lost in the super regionals, but once under O'Sullivan. That was 2014. Yeah. Yeah. They've been really, usually they're, uh, but they're, they're usually at home. I mean, yeah. Usually the regionals trip them up. Uh, <laughs> Uh, come to find out, Monty did put them out. Um, he they beat he beat them in game one, and then North Carolina beat them in game two and put it. They were 0 for zero for two in a regional. Uh, I think maybe it was twenty fifteen, something like that. Monty Lee when he was and Monty Lee. That's when Monty Lee went to the. Uh, that's what his one team that to went to the Supers. coastal. Yeah, no, nah, he went to the Supers that year. Uh, but oh uh, yeah, they, they went to the regional uh, coastal. Where did they go? Ellis. I get confused too. I can't remember now. They lost the same way they lost the Coastal two one run games. I think both were no. It was Texas Tech. They got they got beat that's one right. to nothing. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. Crazy, yeah. crazy stuff. Uh, I want to make one quick 
22nd announcement. I haven't mentioned this on the show because I'm dumb. We have a new show as part of our platform. Uh, for those of you that listen to podcast form, we'll, it'll stream eventually. Uh, it's called the Late Night Gamecock Show. It's part of the Inside the Gamecocks package when you subscribe on uh, Apple Pods or whatever. Uh, Matt Anderson, who's joining us at TheBigSpur.com, he's a veteran podcaster, uh, it does that. He'll have a mailbag, he'll have some guests, all that. His first two shows are up where you get the podcast version. Um, it will stream largely in the evening, thus the name. Uh, has a really good super regional preview up uh, that you can catch up at any time if you just can't get enough of uh, talking Gamecock baseball and, and other sports. So wanted to mention that to everybody out there that, uh, you know, that uh, we're expanding here uh, with Inside the Gamecocks and uh, certainly uh, glad to have Matt on board and, and all that good stuff. 11, wonderful. Congratulations to Matt. 11.58, it is time for a – timeout we are live as always from the Sinorama studios they are the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics if you were at Founders Park last weekend watching them win a regional championship you saw it everywhere Matt Vaughn I saw him while he was there a couple of times the whole weekend he owns Sinorama in West Columbia first of all he is a super super guy but they're the best at what they do and that's why they're the partners of South Carolina and they're the ones that put all those banners and everything up all over the place. So anything you need that you can dream of in the sign world, even if you think, well, maybe they're not the right people, I bet you they are. Go to signorama.com, 803-407-9284. By the way, Matt's son was a bat boy this year for South Carolina baseball, so that's really cool. When we return, this guy's pretty cool himself, Derek Scott, getting prepped and ready to go, calling tonight's action, this weekend's action. He'll join us right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Program, you know, like Carolina Rise, I mean, I, I can't stress enough how how important it is to get involved with these, with, with these programs because that goes straight to our student-athletes. It goes straight to recruiting. It, it helps tremendously on multiple levels. And I know that it's one of those things you sometimes don't necessarily get to see it or feel it right away, but you will feel it in a negative way if you're not involved on the front end. Carolina Rise has been a huge impact in our program. Um, if you don't have good players, you don't compete, bottom line. And these days, as you mentioned, the 11.7 scholarships, uh, is not near enough for what baseball players deserve. We have 35 players, um, yep. only 27 of which can get scholarships. And we have 11.7 scholarships to divide up among those 27 guys. So you're, you're talking about the average player on our team is paying half a scholarship or half, half his way to come here. Um, it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. And, you know, the NIL, uh, market has allowed us to help kids afford to come here. It's helped kids to want to stay here. Now, there are guys on our team that would not be here probably without the NIL. And Carolina Rise has been a huge part of that. Um, you look at, we had three draft picks last year that decided to come back to South Carolina. I don't know that that happens without the NIL. We appreciate Carolina Rise very much and everybody that's helping to facilitate that and, and help our players uh, is a big part of what we're doing now and what we'll do moving forward.
don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show garnet and black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox. You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. We've got now Derek Scott, voice of the Gamecocks, live from Gainesville. How's the floor? How's the weather down there, Derek? That's what everybody's talking about. You know, it's here. good now. <laughs> good now, but now's not really up for debate. You know? Is that Tommy? <laughs> Who, who's the old guy behind you there? <laughs> he just came back from his workout. He's been out of the office. You know. Hey, Tommy. <laughs> hey man, uh, man! Oh well, shoot, we got both of you here. Well, do yeah, we owe exactly. Tom, yeah. Do we owe Tommy any money for his appearance, or is he? I don't think he, so, but okay. he'll he'll sing an invoice if you do. We know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'm good at the invoice thing. First yeah. of the month, every month. That's the first thing I do. Uh, it goes right <laughs> out. Well, uh, uh, so you said right now it's not raining, but it no, be. it's beautiful all morning. But we knew that was going to be the case. It's really around between two and three. Yep. when it's supposed to become unbeautiful. Uh, and, you know, you expect that down here this time of year. But right about now, it doesn't look like it's just a two to four window. It looks like it very much could be more into the evening as well. So it's going to be real interesting to see how this all unfolds. All right. Well, uh, we were just talking to Coach Lake, and, and he mentioned that if it did get interrupted by weather, that actually could be something that plays 
in South Carolina's uh, favor. But we'll we'll get to that here in just a little bit, Derek. But I know you um you you're such a de- deflect deflect deflect. You never really like to talk about yourself much, but. I, I do – I would like to trade spots with you for the weekend or Tommy if y'all didn't mind because, uh, you know, calling baseball this time of the year is, is I think, one of the great treats in, in college athletics uh, or just sports in general. Um, I, I know you've been excited about it. So, first of all, congratulations to the two of you getting to call Super Regional once again. I know you're really excited excited to do so. It's been too long, man. And uh, I hate that we're not in Columbia for it, but much like when we went to Fayetteville, uh, we will still make a great experience out of it. And, uh, and you know, that year, you go back to that year and you felt like you were fighting such an uphill battle with that with that opponent. And uh, it, this year, I don't, I'm sorry, it just doesn't feel that uphill. I mean, I mean, obviously, you can look at what happened in the regular season series and take from that what you will. Uh, but these are two Omaha caliber teams going head to head. And any outcome that takes place will not surprise me. It really, really won't. Yeah, no, it won't. And, and Co- I, I agree. Coach Kingston mentioned that this week, too. Uh, somebody asked him. I know we had him on, and, and we kind of mentioned it uh, or discussed it a little bit. But uh, in his press conference the other day, he said, I take nothing from that series that happened back in April. It's These are two different programs. Do you see it that way? I think I, I can understand where he gets to that point because you are uh, – you think about it from South Carolina's perspective. You played without Will McGillis. You played without Talmadge LeCroy. Your lineup is longer now than it was then. That's significant. Um, there have been changes to the pitching staff for South Carolina in terms of roles. Uh, and, and, and obviously not that Eli Jerzenbeck played a big role in that weekend, but, you know, that's one resource you don't have. Florida gets its closer back, who was not available that series after being ejected from their previous game. Again, not that they needed a closer in that series because they got – beat three straight, but it certainly impacted the length of their bullpen, the depth of their bullpen. And then just the fact that it's in a different venue. Yeah, I could see how you come to that conclusion, but there is at least familiarity with the opponent on both mm-hmm. sides. And you know what you're getting into for the most part. I think they, they, they've changed their lineup a little bit in terms of adjusting some roles in the outfield, but not among what you call their front line, not the most impactful guys. And obviously, as I just pointed out, South Carolina's got a couple guys back they didn't have then. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it could be a, uh, a series that doesn't necessarily reflect what happened in that first one pretty easily, I think. Derek, I've done a couple of media hits this week outside of this program, and I've, <clears throat> this has kind of been one of my points of interest in the game tonight specifically it will always be in every game but tonight's game specifically with Sprout and of course with James Hicks and I want to get your thoughts on this uh as as well I I think whoever and by the way you and Tommy is is you're y'all are I think the best tandem out there but but you're very realistic when it comes to umpiring um (laughs) and I and I I just laugh I think I texted you one time during the game because I was about to fall out of my chair laughing at a couple of misses, and then they called one that was way off the plate, and you threw the guy under the bus. It was pretty good. Um, but I think tonight, if 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 early in this game, if Hicks is on, clearly he's got to be pitching well. Um, but if he's not getting that low kneecap strike, I, I think that, that that's not good. That's not a good sign. So I'll be interested to see who's behind the plate and what that zone looks like specifically to a guy like James Hicks who needs that low strike to get ground ball outs. 
Well, and, and the same can be said of Sprout in terms of not necessarily the low pitch, but, um, I mean, you know, you think about the success South Carolina had in that opener against uh, Florida in the regular season. A lot of that was getting his pitch count up, and we know how this team works. They are uh, they're, they're looking to grind on starting pitchers and, and move them out early on if they can get into the bullpen as early as possible. So I think that can most certainly work both ways. You've got two lineups – that are veteran lineups. So I don't think either one of them are going to come in here and uh, lose focus of what the strategy is, what the plan is. And, and you're right. I think in both instances, everybody's going to kind of want to see how, how it starts, where, where the zone is and, uh, and who's got the early momentum based on, you know, what they, what they can get out of their, their starter. Uh, and, and I think that will be very telling. And that's where you always question, okay, where, where is mother nature going to impact this? Because, if somebody's out of the gate quickly uh, and then you've got a stoppage due to weather and you lose a starter early, how does that impact? Who's who's rolling? Who fights through it and pitches on the other side of the delay? Whose agent says you can't do that to my guy? I mean, these are all things that factor in, in in college baseball when you've got, you know, high draft pick possibilities, especially who are out there, uh, you know, towing the rubber. Okay, so – one of the early season, mid-season struggles with the Gators was throwing strikes. You could argue that the strike zone was was certainly uh, something that, that went against them there. But especially the bullpen, uh, it seems like it's kind of cleaned itself up later yeah. in the year. Derek, uh, what yeah. have you learned about their staff top to bottom? We know about the starters and how good they are and how good they've been, but the bullpen included. Yeah, you're right. They When you just look at the regional performance, they had a couple of guys out of the pen who were – you know, vital to them getting out of that regional. They had to pick up starts. And the interesting thing there was when you go back and look at the box scores from our series with them, those are guys that South Carolina really handled. Uh, when you talk about that game getting out of hand on Thursday night and becoming a run rule seven-inning game, uh, those are those are guys that, you know, that they count on uh, now to be important parts of the bullpen. When you're talking about the left-hander, Philip Abner, uh, he's a huge piece of, of, of what they do now. Uh, he really wasn't uh, all that – uh, when we saw them, it didn't feel like, but I mean, he pitched twice against Texas Tech and three shutout innings and uh, pitched well against Vanderbilt in the uh, in the tournament. Same thing against Alabama. So he's clearly a guy they're going to lean on heavily now that uh, at least when we saw them, you you didn't have any you didn't come away from that game feeling like, wow, you know, that that's a, that's a dude. Same thing with Cade Fisher. He he bailed them out with a huge start against Texas Tech, gave them seven innings of one run baseball. He's another guy when we saw them. Well, that that just wasn't wasn't a big factor, uh, and, and they've got a few guys like that now. Question is, how does that play this weekend against SEC competition? Uh, South Carolina's bullpen has been a little more consistent over the long haul, uh, but these are both two lineups that can punish you if you're not locating well, whether you're a starter or a reliever, and uh, and that'll be the key is to to see uh, you know how these guys are swinging the bats, who's seen the ball well in the box and who can get some, some momentum strung together over the, over the, the stretch of their lineup. Because, you know, if you think back to that series, I mean, Gamecox kept Langford in check pretty well. Uh, he yep. did not hurt them. Uh, and there's not much swing and miss in his game, but they kept him off the bases when he got on, they didn't string much together behind him. And yet, you know, people talk about him now very clearly that if, if, if Dylan Cruz didn't exist, He's the top position player in the upcoming draft, and he's still probably a top three pick overall. Well, if you say that, you got the outfitter who's a top three pick overall, and 
you swept them and he didn't hurt you that badly, that's pretty significant. Can you do that again? Uh, that's hard to imagine. So you've got to just be able to figure out, can you get other guys out uh, and and not let them string things together? Because between he and Caglione and Rivera and, uh, and then the freshman second baseman who really blossomed this season, uh, who's Dad played soccer at South Carolina, by the way. Uh, Kate yeah. Curlin. Uh, that 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 top of that order is pretty lethal. I know. I've, I found it so interesting over the last week. Everybody has talked about Langford and Caglione and R- Rivera sitting here like, you know, I'm hitting 360 with eight, <laughs> 18 home runs and uh, yeah, nothing. Okay, all right. I'll, and the Curlin kid is, you know, really man. Wow, he's think about the freshman in this league. Are you? I, I've never seen anything like this. They're everywhere. Uh, we just got the news just a minute ago from uh, from Kent, I think, in our inbox that uh, Petri was invited to USA Baseball's uh, Collegiate National Team training camp. Yeah. I mean, these guys are everywhere, Derek. We're talking about the older guys. A lot of it's COVID-related. They've been able to stay around for a while and, and get some NIL money and things like that, too. But but the young dudes in the SEC are, are wow, crazy. It's wild. Well, I mean, right. it's I really think about it, it's probably not wild. It's just what you'd expect in the best league in college baseball. Right. They're going to be able to attract, attract those guys. But the productivity now, I mean, the numbers that have been yeah. thrown up by Petrie and Curlin and, you know, Condon to some degree, although I still always like to point out he's a redshirt. It's a little bit different when you had one year of college under your belt before you started playing. That, to me, that that's a – that's a disclaimer, a significant disclaimer. But there's some other great freshmen in this league. It feels like a lot of years it's been more the arms – than it has been the bats. Yeah. And this year it's flipped. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'm there's some dudes out there, but I don't think of the great freshman arms this year, uh, like you might have seen in past years, at least not have been not those who have been asked to carry larger, larger roles in the SEC this season. I just can't I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of one. Mm, I'm not it's not ringing any bells, at least at this moment, but I'm sure yeah. I'll think of one later and then I'll just have to sit on it because we'll be off the air. All right, Derek, so Florida is not Central Connecticut State. They are not Campbell, and they are not uh, NC State. But um, it, Carolina did have to get through the three of those programs to get to to this point. And um, it has been well noted and documented throughout the week that the offense returned. Will McGillis certainly had an impact. And, and it just it appeared to me that they the comfort level that um, that his return, Wimmer back at short, kind of had – we look at a guy like Gavin Costas last weekend. We talked to King the other day, and I asked him, I said, hey, why did Monty punch you on the arm the other day when Cassis roped that ball down the right field line? And he said, it's because it was all clicking. It finally was coming together there. And and it it there weren't many mat, bat at bats last weekend. No. No, I, Tommy and I laughed about that the other day on uh, the leadoff show. I said, if you're, if you're picking nits, about all we've got for you from the regional was some base running miscalculations that was really all there was there weren't bad ab's there weren't bad outings from any of your pitchers the defense was sterling i mean it really was just a couple guys getting picked off base uh maybe you know trying to stretch something they shouldn't have or holding up when they shouldn't have that's all i got i mean it was that that good of a performance for three dominant days um and you know you you hope you can carry that forward because now when you get into a setting like this obviously uh, uh the ice gets more thin in terms of your your wiggle room to uh, overcome mistakes, uh, and and hopefully you don't you don't have in too many of those that you have to overcome. Derek, I I just think this is a weekend for stars. Like 
we know Florida has stars, and mm-hmm. I just don't see it any other way than South Carolina's best players have to be their best players this weekend. Yes and no. I think the depth of South Carolina's lineup can be impactful uh, because Florida does rely so heavily on those guys. And when you swept them earlier in the year, that Florida team hit 198 in that series. So, you know, we know good pitching can neutralize good hitting. It's not something you want to try and do over the long haul, but in short spurts you can. And, and where South Carolina came through in that series early in the year, I mean, you know, your best hitter in that series was Michael Braswell. He he was on base, uh, yeah. I think, nine times in in three games and and came through with, you know, three doubles in part of that. And Petri, of course, was Petri. And you're right, he's a star. He, he, he has another five for 11 weekend with, you know, eight runs batted in. I'm going to feel pretty good about, about things. But <laughs> you've got to have Braswell and or Horning or Brewer you know, guys like that have got to have got to contribute and keep the line moving for South Carolina to offset the uh, the heavy hitters at the top of that Florida lineup. And you're not anticipating any changes in the lineup tonight, are you? No, uh, no, none at all. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, you you mentioned Braswell, man. I tell you what, it was a real treat to watch him and Wimmer working together last weekend. It reminded me kind of the quote unquote old days around here when it was if it was hit in the middle infield, it was gobbled up, and if there was a runner on, there was two outs. Yeah. So you were you were quote racking them up a lot last weekend, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, there was there was uh, plenty of opportunities to uh, steal Hawk Harrelson's phrase over the weekend, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll be more. Uh, but but no, Michael Michael looked as comfortable at second as he has since you know. I mean, he's, give him all the credit in the world for having to pinball around three different positions after being exclusively a shortstop last year, and second base being the one that he got the least amount of reps at because at least at third base. He was working there exclusively preseason. Uh, but, you know, he really looked comfortable at second. He made some dynamite plays for South Carolina. And Will Tippett in center field, same thing. Absolutely. So one, one misread. That was it the whole weekend. He had a lot of you took, play. You took my question, Derek. I was going to ask you about Tippett in center. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. I thought he, he held up. You're right, the one ball. <clears throat> Ironically, that's when I switched over to your broadcast. Uh, you hear this, Derek? He's so always switching back. over to you. Well, I was I was taking it easy Sundays. Like I was watching with the volume did, down. Did you and then hear it got the, the guys innings, that were calling like, it on TV? They were all uh, Roddy. I covered Roddy Jones as a football recruit, so mm-hmm. I, I know Roddy. I, I don't know how he ends up. But this is their baseball. It's not Roddy's fault they wouldn't give him a rental car to come over to Columbia, you know. Right. <laughs> I uh, well, I wanted to hear the crowd. I was like, I, I'm sitting there going, I was like, ah, because you can hear the crowd so much better on the radio right. broadcast. I, Absolutely, I flipped it over. The TV's and, terrible, man. And because uh, Roddy and those guys are, they're still talking about like Campbell can come back and win. And, and I go over there, and Derek's in the middle of this soliloquy about all the stuff the team's been through and how, how last year they never gave up. And I, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, and then. He misplayed that ball. So I was like, ah, I'll flip it back over. <laughs> hey, that was a better experience I had on TV. I listened, you know, the one time I got to turn the volume up in game one, all I kept hearing about for like three minutes was how Carolina was undeserving of this and how Campbell was more than likely going to come out oh of this God, regional. Yeah. I was like, well, oh, yeah. Well, okay. I, I didn't hear any of that. I was, I, you know, to y'all's point, that I mean, what J, the point JC just made and, it was loud. Uh, and that just felt like home, Derek. I mean, I, I was pretty much standing. I, I turned around to talk to Blake uh, Cooper, and I think it was in the middle of game two at one point. And, and he couldn't hear me. And I was like, this is what it's supposed to be here. This is June in 
Columbia. This is this is how it should be every year. It just it felt great. So yep. No, it was yeah. it was awesome. Tommy pointed out he felt like it was as loud, even if the total number of folks wasn't quite uh, at max capacity. Uh, because there were some empty seats in the bleachers in left field that I was kind of banging on some folks about saying, Hey, yeah. come on now. You, you all, you all are quick to, you, you hold, you hold these guys to a very high standard. And I think it's only fair. We hold you to the same high standard. I, no I, doubt. You know, if you have a job and had to work the weekend, I, you know who you are. I'm not banging on you, but there's a lot of folks who are quick to criticize who didn't pony up to, to come watch this team. And I, I just thought it would be entirely full and and i don't worry you can't get caught up in this sort of stuff but tommy's point was it was as loud as it had been at any point in a number of years even if it even if the amount of total bodies there maybe wasn't maxed out per fire marshal it was still incredibly loud and and to your point jc i i we have one good crowd mike and that's all it takes sometimes i think tv overthinks that they're more interested in miking the dugouts yeah, and 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 because we because we've tapped into their feet at times, and it's kind of like uh, I don't really care to hear guys chirping in the dugout, and as much as I want to hear, you know, fans going crazy. So yeah, the breathing yeah. of the crowd is great for baseball and stuff. Yep. So I thought on TV it looked like NC State was a bigger crowd, maybe than than even Game Three, like with Campbell, or, or was, was that, yep. or, or was it more more of a late arriving crowd on Sunday? I, I think two things. I think Friday was actually the biggest crowd. It was. Uh, wow. And, and, uh, and, and I think people are just used to maybe Friday night being what they do. They come to the ballpark. I don't know. But, uh, but no, it, that certainly wasn't Central Connecticut folks, you know, filling up their, their ticket uh, sources. But, uh, no, I think a lot of times it also – I have to remember how many people, when it's hot, go stand under the grandstand, and I can't yeah. see they're underneath of me. But when I just, I just, a lot of times I'll evaluate a full house versus a non-full house by, okay, are the bleachers full? Bleachers yep. were more full in left field Friday than they were Saturday or Sunday, for whatever that's worth. Well, I, but I will, I'll also say this to your point, because I was down there. I wasn't sitting in my seats either, and right. um, and it was four and five deep all the way around right. the backstop. So, yeah, but between I, the people who stand in the shade and the people who are just basically constantly in line at the beer stand, uh, there's a lot of people underneath uh, that grandstand that I don't think about. And so, yeah, those are some long lines for people trying to get themselves a beverage. I, I know that. Hey, I watched yeah. half the upstate game up here in Greenville doing <laughs> in that line. Yeah. I, I there were like 30 around, people man. there, Phil. You were sitting I, behind the dugout. Hey, I know, I know. Half of us were standing I'm gonna in line to get beer. I'm going to file a complaint <laughs> with Floor Field about that. I'm, I'm just going to call up the scouts. My boy's like, y'all got to go blow them beer lines at USCS game, man. I just need more beer rifles. Oh, no, they're not the rifles anymore. The no, Spartans. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. So Spartans, like, like I'm a disgruntled USCS State fan. You, don't, you can't I say rifles in this world. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, they, they changed it. They changed it. The rifles, the Indians are all out. You know, um, Derek. Final, uh, final thoughts and final keys to winning a super regional for Gamecock baseball. You know, I think a good start is going to be really important, and and and, uh, and I only say that because when you're on the road, you know, you think about Arkansas. Carolina won that second game. Uh, Cody Morse was unbelievable. But you already had your backs against the wall, and that meant game three you had to come and do it again. So I, I really think, you know, game one, first five innings, it gets up for grabs in a hurry. If you can grab the momentum there, it'll be really, really pivotal uh, for this team. And, and I think, you know, we were watching video from 2011, and I, I heard uh, our, our man uh, Adrian Morales 
point out that after we won game one, he looked at that Florida dugout and he could see those guys, those guys, their hearts were taken. They weren't coming back to get game two. I think the Gators under Sully, he's a great coach, but I think they can tend to play a little tight sometimes. I don't know that they enjoy the game as much as Lucy Goosey Gamecocks do when it's all going right. And I, and I mean, meant that about that 2011 team with the goofballs that were on that team. And there are some modern day goofballs on this one. And I think if it's going well and one team uh, that, will handle that, you know, adversity better than the other. I think South Carolina certainly can put some real heat on the homestanding Gators if uh, if they put the pressure on them early in, in game one. Well, it was good to see Coach King with his uh, with his escort back this week. Yes. Uh, with uh, Special Agent 31 uh, lingering over everything that's happening. That's great, a article little, that Whittle, great article was, Whittle wrote about it. I, here's I was about to say, I like that article. <laughs> At that media session, I'm talking to Wimmer. It was just me and Wim in the, in the moment, and that's great because then I can really get him to tell me things I'll use on the air that aren't, like, good for media guys who write stories, just stuff I want. And then Whittle walks up, and he – and he I didn't know who he was pointing at, but he says, "I want let's talk about that guy. And when Wim said, you trying to make me cry, yeah. I was so confused because I didn't know, first of all, I didn't know who he was talking about. And I certainly would not. I mean, Wimmer is such a low-key, you know, serious dude. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm just going to back away and let you all have this moment because I'm really confused right now. And then when I saw the story, I'm like, that's who he was going to cry about? I had no idea. I didn't know how tight-knit those two were. Uh, but it was a great story. And, uh, and, and, and David is a delight, man. I mean, his – when we're rarely on the bus, if we're on a flight and Tommy and I are busing to the park or whatever, his his routine, man, it never gets old. He's 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 the consummate entertainer. We're gonna may have to plug him into the booth at some point, get him a headset. Do it. Really like the yeah, fir- yeah. first family of Gamecock baseball, really. Yep. The Cromers. I mean, if you exactly. think about it. Yeah, they are. Yeah, well, it's it, that's that's this program. I mean, I, I you know, Anybody that's been around Carolina baseball, really, truly around it, not the guy that lives in mom's basement and bitches about everything on Twitter. I'm talking about people who've been around the program. Uh, Derek, you know this inside and out. Clearly, Tommy is at the top of the food chain. It, it, it is – it. once you're in it, you're in it. And it never disappears. I mean, you, you get to know generation after generation. And, and, um, and that, I think that's something that separates this from most programs in the country, if not all of them. Um, Drew Meyer and, and you know, the Bass family know each other. You know, um, the Daniel Daniel Lloyd's family and, you know, Landon Powell's family or the Bordenics know each other. I mean, it, it's just amazing how it all interacts. It's something that Coach Tanner's been passionate about for a long time, and so was Coach Reigns and Coach Richardson, and I certainly wouldn't replace it for anything in the world. And the Cromers, as you just mentioned, are right there. I mean, they're the Cromers. So, um, yeah, it's neat. Well, hopefully that helps them get a, a big one this weekend, Derek. Um, I know you're aware of this, but for those who aren't, last year in 2022, only two of the eight Super Regional hosts advanced to Omaha. Six road teams walked in and took it from them, and Carolina's trying to be one of those that does it this season. Uh, South Carolina has also uh, played in the third most Super Regionals of all time. They have the third most wins all time in Super Regionals. And they've played the fourth most super regional games of all time. So, you know, they're an all-time program. It's kind of what happens when you're good. I mean, they're 140 and 71 in NCAA tournament play. Basically, basically, they win two out of every three NCAA yeah. tournament games. That's stupid. That's, That's amazing. We were talking about that earlier. It's amazing what they've done over the years. It's amazing. 
Well, you're amazing too. I, I can't wait till five forty-five. Um, looking forward to rack them up and put spurs on this one and all kinds of stuff this weekend, Derek. Uh, give our best to Tommy JC. Oh, I figured it out, Phil. JC turns it on when Tommy takes over in the fourth. That's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, uh, he sometimes does. that happens. And Tommy makes me nervous because Tommy I've, I've listened nervous. to Tommy for years, and I I, I don't know. I've, I've, a lot of times, bad things happen, like when Tommy takes over. Like, oh, and, no. and so he's hearing like, this, JC. He's Mike Morgan, like the Mike. I, what, what I when I was in college, I listened to Morgan and Tommy call it, you know, and I'm at those games. I mean, listening to it on the radio when there's no TV and stuff, it is in a, in a tournament game. It is intense. I mean, yeah. from your listening standpoint, and Boy, so I'm Tom. just sitting there and it's one-to-one and Mike's been calling else and they switched Tommy and I, I'm superstitious. So I'm like, maybe we don't switch. Even though I grew up a Braves fan where they switched every three innings, you know, and, and, and they won, wow. They won a world series and how many NL pennants, but uh, yeah. So yeah, but I, I, I do tend to meander over when Tommy takes over, but I, uh, I did catch the, uh, the last few innings with you on the call the other day, but yeah, yeah you guys do a great job. Though. Oh, it's, thanks. it's uh it's fantastic. I, um, I, I think I'm going to be watching at least the first part of it. My fiance is dragging me to a watering hole. So I have to catch Dave Neal and whoever else on ESPN too. But uh, I'll Neil be sure Burke. to turn you back He's on when I get back on the porch. Yeah, Chris Burke, we mentioned that earlier. So I'll turn it, I'll turn you guys back on when I get back on the back porch. Huh? Fair enough. All right, let me get off here, guys, because Tommy yeah. needs the hotel room slash studio for his next interview. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Take care, Derek. Don't go get him. Thank you. See you. Hey, guys. There Thanks, you go, Derek, Derek Scott and a cameo by uh, Tommy in the back. He's probably Man, I'm going to miss talking to Derek Scott and Stuart Lake every week when the season's over. I know. We're going to have oh, to keep on talk about other things. What else? There's plenty of stuff to talk about. JB will have to make a video, uh, another tear-jerking video about uh, memories of the season with with Tommy. I mean, sorry, with Derek and Stuart. That's Fireside with Phil. Fireside with Phil. That's right. Fireside with Phil's got a a pipe. Hello. I shall tell you a story. Hey, hey, we could very well have two more weeks of this, though. Could very well. And if that, if in two weeks we're sitting here talking to Derek Scott, man. I'll be on cloud niner. Yeah, yeah. we'll all be feeling There's good. There's no doubt. Yeah, we'll feel mm-hmm. pretty good. <laughs> really good. Uh, with <laughs> really the, good. Uh, would be the team. All right, uh, we got to hit a break. 1232, we are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com, and postseason baseball coverage on Inside the Gamecocks. The show is teed up by the coolest club in the Carolinas, travelingcountryclub.com if you want to get outside and play golf now tomorrow next week next month or next year or whenever you have time there's no club like this one travelingcountryclub.com gamecock owned and operated former gamecock golfer michael manis in charge of the show over there and an unbelievable tournament coming up here in about a month on Polly's island the plunder on Polly's. we'll be right back Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. 
electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to travelingcountryclub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to travelingcountryclub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring to you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. 
It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Cole Messina from the Yardcocks. Electric Bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. Excited, I know. Pumped. Yeah, yeah. He uh, can't wait to watch it. Cannot wait to watch it. I agree with Coach Lake, though. When I even though I put in that video when Veach pumped that three at him and <laughs> French tossed that ball over the uh, over the coaches' offices, I thought, mm-hmm. hope we don't uh, see I him again. I seem to remember <laughs> Jack Leggett saying something about that about Carolina once upon a time and it just made Clemson tighter. Well, Florida didn't say anything about it. I mean, you go back to that series, they they did not shake our hands after game three, our hands like I play. They did not shake the Gamecocks' hands after game three. Um, That's also something that's in the dugout, I promise you, and I know that. So, there's going to be some chippiness, yeah. Carolina's yeah, I mean, crowd seems to really, Mahoney, really get to Florida when when they come to our place or to, to Founders. Uh, I think twenty twenty one the Gamecocks swept them up there too, and the crowd was even though the crowd was I think still limited at the time. Uh, the, the, the 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 
the now defunct, it seems, third base heckler-ish people, uh, <laughs> students were really getting after them. And uh, I think Carolina swept them then, too. So it's uh, – they struggle uh, in Columbia. Uh, and they've struggled historically in big moments against this program. So uh, we will see. We will see what happens. But, uh, yeah, uh, there, there's, there's, there's some – yeah, and I think people just kind of forgot about it after that series. But there are some, there are some kind of chippy, I call them chippy things that, that took place. I have Gator yeah. blue on the day, guys. By the way, I can't believe that. Yeah, I, well, I wore blue today either. It's not I don't Gator, know. It's dark. Thank God. Thank God. I'm Ti. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I can tell you right now, uh, if Smoke saw this, he'd be like, "You gotta be freaking kidding!" Me. Really, you're wearing that? <laughs> Is that a Smoke jersey you have? Is it adjusted Smoke? Oh, no. This was given to me by school, but but uh, I, got, I, got my, I don't uh, I don't I, I don't no no I'm not a Jersey guy. You'll never see me. Oh, I am ever, ever. Bet your sweet behunkus I'm wearing my dad got South Carolina baseball jersey to the bar tonight. Uh, <laughs> well, you wore it to yeah. the NIL event because <laughs> I don't get jeans. A it was ninety degrees outside. Guys, it was a studly appearance. <laughs> and then it was a Phil. He shows up to my cousin's house. My cousin gives him a pair of gym shorts that we never saw. You told the story. Fine. And then his wife gives him a cut off sleeve t shirt from Walmart that he wears to the windjammer. <laughs> Where do you want to fit in? Well, you reminded me of a guy in college. Like. All right, I, I had all this swag stuff I had to bring down in my suitcase for the events. I had to pack light, right? Yeah. So <laughs> just, that's right. You had to have the extra room there to pack all the Carolina rice. Yeah, those are the five hundred dollar jeans that uh, Blue Delta Jeans, the sponsor of uh, JC and Morgan, hooked me up with. Five hundred. Nice. They're five hundred dollars. Yeah, Blue Delta Jeans, uh, but I highly recommend them uh, because they're. Okay. It's hard. I, I, I'm shaped like a potato with legs, okay? And so it's hard to find, like, like my waist is, like, fluctuates somewhere between a 34 to 42, depending on what the cut of the jeans are. What? All I did was type in that I look like a potato with legs into the internet <laughs> and gave them my, my, my dimensions. The, the, the freaking things come in the mail, and they pit, fit better than any pair of jeans I've ever had in my life. <laughs> now I didn't pay five hundred dollars. I mean, they're I was about to say. Was, I know you didn't pay five hundred dollars for those. Had, the, the, the tag, <laughs> the tag in them has my name on it. They're custom made. Wow! How about that? So I didn't tell anybody, but I bet Nat told a million people. He has his five hundred dollars jeans on. <laughs> so see, that would have right. been good, JB, if y'all were out That's and he happened to just lose his pants. He'd have been able to somebody would well, have. I got, so hot. I, I, I got <laughs> so hot. Yeah, uh, we were, were black you know, jeans. His cousin's on Isle. We're on Isle of Palms. And that jersey, I wore the jersey because it was like light. You know, I was sweating mm. through the jersey. jersey was just nasty. Yeah. So, uh, I don't well, know, man. I don't know. It all worked out, JC. You know, you you could have just uh, – you cut a $500 pair of jeans. That's our man, Mike Morgan. That's right up his alley. Um, yeah. I bet my, I think Mike has five pairs. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hey, Mike, Mike bought Mike, his wife a pair too. Yeah, you know. Mike, oh, Mike, Mike loves clothes, like great clothes. But yeah. uh, Mike's a, he's a but you know guy. when you're on TV, you have to. You know, if you've ever just hung out with Mike normally or whatever, he you know he he's not uh, he's not bougie like nah, uh, nah. like our 60, 15 year old is that you know when he goes to football practice, he has to blow dry his hair. 
I'm like, you're about yeah. to put that mop in the helmet anyway. <laughs> bruh, but bruh, I want to look good, bruh. bruh. The ladies, are chicks there, bruh. 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 <laughs> Our yeah, oldest well. one doesn't care. He just wears, like, whatever, you know. He, he likes stuff from Costco, kind of like I do. It's nice. But uh, anyway, yeah. the, 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 I, 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 I got the $500 jeans along with the jersey in the, in the dryer right now. I may just, I'm gonna, in honor of you guys, I may just bust that out tonight yeah. when I go to Tavern. Go for it. And well, then I'm, I'm gonna wear the same. I'm gonna put it back on the next day because if, if Carolina wins, I mean, you got to wear the exact. Wearing it for Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I. I agree with you. I, I, uh, um, Craig said uh, BP Skinner, my man hooks Mike. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, B, they're they're good. Brent Skinner and that group is. He does awesome. great work. Uh, they're great awesome. Work, yeah, they're, so. I mean, they hook up Carolina. Yeah. I mean, that's what. All right, uh, 70, seventy-six. I I would not have put them on had they not been free. It's a big. I like Levi's thirty dollars. I do too, man. Uh, if they're on I'm sale a Wrangler for twenty two, that's good because Levi's fit. Like I put on a pair of Lee's same size, can't get them on, or they're like I look like MC Hammer. Yeah, you yeah, know, I, uh, jeans are funny. So. I'm a. I'm I a locked up guy. into a pair of Nauticas at uh, TJ Maxx or Ross, one of the two. <laughs> that's so we, I like Nautica. Yeah. and uh, he mentioned Wrangler. I do have a pair of Wranglers. Uh, yeah, I, like I, I, like I love them. Well, I mean, look they. You know, I want them to look good when I'm wearing them, which I won't put on a pair of jeans probably until October. And, um, but, and my, I've got, look, I got good looking jeans. Okay. Hey, would, this is probably been, I don't know how long ago it was, but we had a little get together. And when Smoke came back from like his second or third first, like full, or second or third full season in the big leagues. And, Mike, I'll never forget getting out of the truck with Cisco. And I looked at Mike, and he looked at me. I said, are you going to say it, or am I going to say it? He goes, did you paint them on, man? And, <laughs> and said, paint what? Huh? And he said, you're nut huggers. You get to the big leagues, and you change, man. You should just be an old redneck from Goose Creek. Now you're painting your damn jeans on. I mean, Dude, that, you know that's the style these days with the kids these days. That like, like the our fifteen year old, this Big dude wears like Larry Bird style shorts to school. Yeah, like they're made out of the same material that you make sweatpants out of, but they're like short and tight, like like Larry Bird. I, I, I'm glad that wasn't the style when I was because nah. I have no butt at all. Mine would have still sagged, and but it would have get- and they they would have been tight in the front. And the football pants in the front, nineteen ninety basketball shorts in the back. <laughs> you know, of course, Phil, I had no gut. I had a washboard stomach, so that would have been awesome. Phil, can we but, get a uh, ruling on JC's rear end or no. Nat? I wish Nat was listening because she would say, "Yeah, I mean, tiny, tiny tushy." That's what she oh, calls God. it. Tushy. Well, I got tiny tushy than something we, else. Before we hit our <laughs> final. If it's going to be tiny tushy, I'll take that tiny. Nothing else is tiny. Okay. Especially my stomach. Again, both of these things you'll have to take your word for. (laughs) My head that can't fit. I was talking about my head, Phil, because I can't wear a hat. Oh, no, I can can attest. I I got to go with the visor. I got to go with the visor. Well, before we take our break, Quantrell asked about Fred Johnson, the three-star linebacker, uh, 24-7 sports, did rate him at 89 today, which is right on the cusp of four. I'm like, why don't you go ahead and rate him a four? You know, it, 
because he's six three, he's two forty five, forty one inch vertical. He ran four four three times. He LeBron jumped something insane. His film's good, uh, but he's visiting. He, he was in for camp last week. He's officially visiting this weekend. He's from the Tidewater, which produces good players. I guarantee a lot of those guys have not been in person to the Tidewater to see anybody. But, uh, yeah, that's the type of kid Virginia Tech used to get to build him into the championship program. So uh, I did see that, and hopefully he does go to four stars. I think he's a hell of a player, and I think Carolina can get him in and get him committed and get a, get a good steal. So Our final break of the week. When we return, J.C. will give you the full list of visitors in town for Gamecock football and our final thoughts on the regional this excuse me, the super regional in Gainesville and those elsewhere around the country. When we return on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndoco. New home, Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender in MLS. Two 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 nine L O N M L S one seven seven two one eight two. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as one hundred sixty dollars per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida. And you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Monty tried to left. Morgan looks up and it is gone. Go two is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Casas, and it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. Wait, ready. I still got my money on Casas knocking one this this weekend. I hope you're right. I hope no. he, he knocks one of about thirteen of them. <laughs> if they don't mind, uh, yeah. here. Hold on, let me text Monty. Hey, Mont. Uh, <laughs> at least a dozen Baker's dozen would be better. Thanks, Jamie. Okay, message across, a uh, By the way, the um, real quick, and then uh, JC, uh, give us the list of. Um, visitors and then we'll wrap up with the uh, remaining uh, supers uh at four o'clock it's about 64 percent not looking good and then around 50 at five but really not much of a chance of rain at six or seven and then after that it's it's around 40 percent so typical day in florida but uh certainly at this point in time it does look like 
uh, rain will hit Gainesville and then should clear out. And uh, hopefully they can get it started on time or pretty pretty close to it. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, I assure you they will play the whole series this weekend. Yeah, quick live update. Duke is up two runs to nothing on Virginia in the bottom of the third in the Thank first game of Super Action. All right, they are underway in Charlottesville. JC, what's on the agenda for Gamecock football this weekend? Uh, tw- 12 visitors? How many are there? Are you alive, JC? Earth to JC. Blown Please. up about taking go. somebody somewhere at five, and I'm like, oh. Uh, no. <laughs> That's when the game starts. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, you, anyway, you can walk, Petri, yeah. Ethan Petrier, USA Collegiate National Team Trial Invitation. Congratulations to him. Yes. Uh, just wanted if to pass that earlier, news along that. while we're here. Uh, okay, so the visitors <laughs> list. If you would hang around the show for the whole show, you would have heard that an hour ago. But we got you. <laughs> I am a complete moron. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, no, I'm just messing with you, man. Cause all right, so so the, the kind of the new names that have popped up, Caleb Harris, a three-star safety, 190 pounds out of Alabaster High School in – or sorry, Thompson High School in mm-hmm. Alabaster, Alabama. That's where a good friend of mine's kids went to school. Um, uh, he's number – like the number 70 safety in the country, high three-star guy. He's visiting uh, Quintavious Johnson from Atlanta Mays. Here's one of those inner-city Atlanta kids, 6'5", 255, raw – Raw type of guy uh, got an offer May fourth. Um, I think that was Trey. Was that, that that? Yeah, that was Travian that did that. Travian Robertson. Um, so he's coming in, um, and then uh, Michael Smith, who's committed to the Gamecocks, a tight end, uh, is coming. Uh, Elijah Newby from Cheshire Academy in Cheshire, Connecticut, is off the list. Uh, I think the Gamecocks like have kind of moved maybe Fred Johnson ahead of him a little bit. And then four-star safety, Jarvis Boatwright was supposed to come in this weekend. He committed to Southern Cal last weekend. Uh, The other guys, it's another grab bag weekend. Um, People ask me all the time, who do you think they can get? Well, it depends. (laughs) Uh, Matthew Fuller, the running back from Wayne County, Georgia, I would think he would be a guy. Uh, Mason Love, the punter from Missouri. Pete Limbo, Limbo Ball. I don't know who in the world would not want to play punter or, or, or be a punter at South Carolina right now, yeah. especially if they like to throw the football. Um, Fred Johnson's coming in. I think he's kind of on commit watch. Uh, very intriguing guy from South Garner and Garner, North Carolina, of course, home of Chris Culliver, uh, near where Ray Tanner is from and Landon Powell, that part yep. of North Carolina, yep. uh, to throw baseball back into it. Nadame Ogboko. 6'4", 335, he is built like a brick poop house. Um, Florida's heavily involved with him. Game guy, a lot of schools just got in on him. Uh, I think he's a big-time player. Cross your fingers on that one. Uh, Malcolm Ziegler, another North Carolinian from Fuquay Verena, which I believe is up the East Coast a bit. Uh, 6'2", 200-pound safety. Uh, another kid I really like. You talk about the D.C. pipeline. Here's another one to, to, to write down. D.D. Holmes, 6'6", 240. All right, so everybody that wants the 6'6", 255-pound, 270-pound edge, here you go. You're getting your wish here. Uh, Nasir John, Nasir Johnson from Dublin, Georgia. 
Yeah. Uh, which is where D- Donovan Westmoreland's from. Florida, Florida State, kind of are out in front for him. Big four star, six foot four and a half, uh, 300 pound defensive tackle. Game guys have some work to do there to catch up. And then probably, you know, this, this kid here, keep an eye on him, Cameron McKell from Statesboro, Statesboro Blues. I think that's an Allman Brothers song. Uh, Carolina loves this guy. I mean, loves him. The only issue is them dogs. Them dogs have an offer. Uh, but Georgia's got an offer out to a lot, most of the top DBs in the country. They're very selective there. Uh, I'm not saying the hope is Georgia fills up. It's just maybe the hope is Carolina prioritizes them a little bit more. Um, I think this is one to where if Georgia doesn't get him, uh, you know, I think Carolina would be in great shape. Torian Gray is one of those kids he started a relationship with early, but that's a major target, and they're going to roll out the red carpet. Uh, for these guys, but but if you notice, you know, not a lot of in-state guys, a lot of guys from, uh, you know, it's really it's kind of Georgia heavy to be honest, Georgia North Carolina heavy, uh, but a lot of players that man, if you can get half these guys, you're rolling. So um, that's uh, that's the deal. I, I, this year, because they they're doing more official visits and they're casting a wider net, and they're in on so many so many guys that are like highly rated. Because if you look at the star ratings and the offer list, I mean, there's some guys coming through that the competition is thick. Uh, I, I don't know that they're going to bat as high of a percentage with official visitors as they maybe have in the past. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a testament to a higher level of guy that they're in on because they're giving more official visit invitations. So there you go. There's my little speech on recruiting football. I know you guys love it. You like it. You love it. You want some more of it. And that ends our uh, – our show for the week. And by the way, hi, Meredith. She popped in twice. Hey, Mayor. hey Game Cat Nation. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, Shane and his staff will coordinate with Game Cat Baseball and bringing a wonderful weekend to the Palmetto State. We'll certainly find out. Wake Forest in Alabama, Texas, and uh, at Stanford. Or, or, let's, let me say this again. Alabama at Wake Forest, Texas at Stanford, Kentucky at uh, at LSU, and Tennessee at Southern Miss. All start tomorrow, as Phil already pointed out. Duke and Virginia are underway. It is two to one in the top of the fourth. That game is on ESPN two. Coming up at five o'clock, Indiana State and TCU from Fort Worth. That one on ESPNU, and then, of course, the Gamecocks and the Gators at 6 on ESPN2. The nightcap begins at 8 p.m. Oregon and Oral Roberts from Eugene. And by the time we get to Monday, who knows how many slots are going to be filled in Omaha. But uh, certainly, look, one of them is filled with garnet and black. Thanks to Derek Scott and Stuart Lake uh, for joining us today, but... Honestly, throughout the week, we really pr- appreciate uh, Blake Cooper, Coach Kingston, John Whittle, uh, you know, Chris, and and all these guys who have been so willing to pop in and be a part of our coverage of the Super Regional here in 2023. We've worked our tails off to bring you the best thing we could, and we hope you all enjoyed it. And hopefully we get to work twice as hard next week because we'll be talking about Omaha for the first time in 11 years. It's South Carolina if that happens. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend and pull them through. They certainly can feel you from 
South Carolina. For JC and Phil, I'm JB. We'll see you on Monday on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co.